underpants. <laughs> I think it's too much. Jar Jar is a key to all this. If we get Jar Jar working, because he's a funnier character than we've ever had in any of the movies well. before. I may have gone too far in a few places. Finally! Welcome back to the Packy Run Podcast. I am your host, AJ Langambina. And I am Dan Mayotte. Um, welcome back. Sorry for this hiatus. Um, just a lot of things have come up, especially with the holidays uh, going around the corner. Um, and one of our healths was not doing that well. That is true. I feel like it was... You might have heard in the <laughs> last like episode. it's been a year. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it's been a year. Like, so <laughs> much has happened. <laughs> Yep, between... Like, nothing happened for all of 2020, and then all of a sudden it was just like, I got COVID, and then the holidays happened, and then the new year happened, and then, <laughs> I don't know, there was an attempted coup on the government. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that inaugurations. Um, But we now have a new president, and good luck to him, and hopefully he makes this nation better. Here's hoping, man. We need it. Oh, and I oh, yeah. got a job, um, part-time job at a grocery store. I'm not going to give away the name of the grocery store. Um, it's just, and no, don't ask me how this, this job is. I don't particularly care for it. It's just something to get out of the house and pay bills. True. <laughs> I think that's how we both feel about our jobs. The difference being that you actually get to get out of your house and I'm still waiting for the opportunity to do that. Right. Um, but on the flip side I've of it, because, because of of Massachusetts rollout for the vaccine. Um, I'm in phase two, so hopefully, hopefully that will work out. <laughs> Tennessee is still in the trenches and pretending like they aren't, so that's sick. And in honor of that, I would like to do the ceremonial. That one splattered a little. Ugh. What, mine or yours? Mine. Oof. Mine's, mine did it too. my eye too. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Great, great uh, start. Great start to this podcast. What are you drinking Jesus. tonight? Uh, I'm drinking a returning champion to the pack you run pod. It's called the Black Abbey Brewing Company, uh, the Rose, Belgian style blonde ale. It's a little bit sweet, um, a little bit savory, uh, but most definitely more sweet. Not particularly hoppy. Um, yeah, good all around beer. You can definitely, we've talked about it before on the podcast, but it was forever mm -hmm. ago. Um, our, our good friend and former uh, guest on the pod, Brad, I almost called him Brad Mayotte. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, <laughs> Brad Tuller. <laughs> Brad, uh, for for those of you that are going to be listening to this whenever we put it out, um, I'm recording in the middle of a thunderstorm and there was a lightning strike that happened when I said Brad Tuller, like at the exact time. And if that isn't a sign of that man's power, I don't know what is. But anyway, yeah, good beer. I am uh, I enjoy it. You can crush it. Brad showed it to me. That's the point I was trying to make. True, true. Um, you know, it's been a while since we've actually, because for a little bit there, we were recording during the day. 
and neither of us really felt like drinking because you know two three o'clock in the afternoon isn't really on like a tuesday yeah maybe not the best idea um maybe not right? yeah because you want to do other things throughout the day well, now you want to attempt other things <laughs> right i mean it's 7 30 now it's kind of like the end of the day you're not going to really do much except at least my plans after this are probably play madden and watch youtube videos and go to bed yeah i'm pretty much uh i'm pretty much in the same boat i've been i've been struggling to find things to watch on tv so i've been going through uh going down the youtube rabbit hole pretty much every night and yeah i mean you got we got to do whatever works for us i guess yeah and tonight my beverage of not really my choice but it's what was left in my fridge is a white claw mango I have tried the White Claw Mango. It's the only proper White Claw I've ever had. And I gotta be honest, not a fan. I mean, it's not for everyone. And I did 21 uh, days for um, dry January. Um, so after doing that for almost a month, I indulged this weekend. I didn't I didn't buy these. I bought, I think I got Narragansett's, but I those are all gone, of course. <laughs> and what's left is a White Claw Mango. I mean, you do whatever works. Yeah, I mean, I bought wine today, but that's to be saved. I'm making bolognese tomorrow, so need some wine for that, and also to enjoy my dinner. For those who, uh, for those who follow uh, Dan on Instagram uh, and his girlfriend Justine, the uh, the meals, the meals that the two of you have been pumping out are pretty crazy. Ah, yeah, I it's something I enjoy. I enjoy cooking, and something I like, something I like about working at a grocery store is seeing all the different ingredients that come through to the cash register and you're like ooh, maybe i can make something with that like that looks really interesting i wonder how you can incorporate that into like a sauce or cook that with like meat or fish or something yeah i can see that i really enjoy the act of cooking while i'm doing it i always get that there's like a psychological term for it now because there's a psychological term for everything um it's something like pause mentality or waiting mentality or something like that. Like the thought of actually starting the act is that's a really tough hill for me to get over. And then mm -hmm. also the cleanup afterward, because I'm always cooking for one as well is like, that's really difficult. So you're really kind of, you're really kind of showing me up every time I see that kind of stuff on Instagram. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, I could do that. And like when I do cook, not, not to sound how I'm going to sound, but whatever, like when I cook, I'm pretty damn good at it. Like I'm always really pleased with the results yeah but you're pretty popping, good popping a vegan aiming bowl into the microwave is so much easier that that's true um like i went grocery shopping today and just based off of my new working schedule i'm like oh well i can't really cook uh, like these meals i have to just think of like quick easy things to make so i got like frozen pizza and like a couple other things just to get me by yeah that's been that's been by far the hardest part about working from home is that it makes you like when you have a break or when you have like a meal or a day off or whatever like you you cherish that space so much more because there's so much less of a disconnect between you know work and your home life mm -hmm. so by the time i'm done with like an eight hour shift of answering phones i am so sick and tired of staring at the same four walls or having to like put on my customer service voice and deal with the general public that that's the like that's the other part like on on any given day and you definitely saw this when we were living together in connecticut like on any given day it's a tough task for me sometimes to get up the energy to be like all right i'm gonna cook an entire meal but after having to like sit and like the only thing that i can 
see right now really in my kitchen is my stove. I'm tired of staring at it. I don't want to go sit over it while I'm doing something at the end of a day. I want to go lay in my bed. That's fair. Um, also, the cleanup after cooking is always rough. Um, one of the things that I've started to do while cooking is like as I cook, I clean. Like if I'm done with the pan immediately, like I clean that. And just so like there's less dishes to deal with at the end of it. Somewhere in the state of Massachusetts, my father is smiling listening to you hear that, <laughs> listening to you say that. Why does he do that? <laughs> yeah, that's I've been I've been preached to more than a couple of times about cooking while I clean <laughs> cleaning up my dishes and everything. I'm I'm a really yeah. bad adult. <laughs> I'm, I'm 25 years old and I'm just like, frankly, I'm just shitty at this. I mean, you're you're keeping yourself alive, barely. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping myself alive. I'm keeping myself healthy. I'm paying my bills. Like, technically, I'm doing fine, but thriving is not the word I would use. But any are any of us actually thriving besides maybe like Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or Tim Cook? Yeah, I mean, the... the <laughs> I hate that I'm going to say it, but it's a good joke. The tech daddies are doing fine. Uh, I hate that. I hate I'm that I'm going to go name. take a long walk off of a short bridge right now. I'm going to, I need to take a shower after hearing that. <laughs> you just got zucked, kids. Oh, no. Oh, man. We're already off the rails. So, um... Yeah. Has what? anything else interesting happened in your life since we last actually sat down and did a recording? Well, I tried to um, I tried to fix my laptop's battery and that didn't go over very well. Yeah. Apple Apple's funny that way. They yeah. uh, they make it they make it hard to crack open their devices and they make it even harder to find the parts to do things when you do manage to crack open the devices. So, well, it was easy to it was easy to get it open. And it was easy to actually it was very hard to remove the battery because you had to unscrew everything from it. And in the process, I broke one of the speakers and I took it to a repair shop and they said, oh, you made a fried the uh, the motherboard. So that was stressful. And but luckily it was just the speaker that doesn't work now, which thankfully I now have some external speakers. I have like a Google Home that I can play music through. So it'll work yeah, I got a I got a HomePod mini for Christmas and. And I enjoy having something that plays my podcasts and music so easily. And um, I'm trying to I'm trying to find some smart lights and stuff to invest in so I can become a true millennial smart home. Yeah. Are you going to get one of those things that like smart locks and like locks your home and you have like a home security system? No, not. I like the idea of those things, but like the the little bit of a tech nerd that I am, like I, I try to do a little bit of research about those things before. Before I go and purchase them and like the ring doorbells and things like that are not good like really? there's a lot of security issues that can come up with that there's like there were reports from some security company about uh some security company had to like fire some people that were spying on some of those like in-house cameras and the ring doorbells had something where they could be like easily broken into and stuff like I'm not sure I'm I'm not sure I'm at that level but I feel like the lighting stuff is kind of cool like the only lighting i have in my house right now is overhead lighting from like chandeliers right and like ceiling fans which 
one makes me feel like I'm in prison. I hate, hate overhead lighting. It reminds me of being in like high school and stuff. Like it's not, it's not fun. Um, so the idea of being able to like basically yell at my home pod every night and be like, Siri, turn off the lights. That's uh that's an attractive feature. I like that idea. Or like, hey Siri, turn up the temperature to 69 degrees or something. Yeah, I like I like that idea too. The ability to do that on the fly, especially because I'm the only person in the house with that uh with the home pod. So if I did find a reasonably priced thermostat, <laughs> I would <laughs> I would love to have that power. It would be my first step into like dad mode where I'd always have control of the thermostat. <laughs> yeah, and you you just you're like, "Hey, who touched it?" I could auto- I wouldn't even have to automatically sense when the thermostat was touched. I would literally have a small little like baseball sized thing in the corner of my room where I could go, Siri, what's the temperature? Why is it changed? (laughs) (laughs) I really don't know why I became Batman for that. That's not a dad voice at all. But I mean, I think I'd rather have control over temperature than someone else controlling it. Like when we were living in Connecticut, we we had a house and remember how broken the heating system was? That house I was talking to uh I was talking to my friend Sean while I was home, socially distanced, keeping everything safe. I had three different doctors' opinions that told me it was okay to go home. Um I was talking to Sean about that house because he stayed over one time in like November. So it was really starting to get cold in Connecticut. And basically our thermostat didn't work. Yep. So we had to turn off the thermostat and the the I think it was a furnace in the basement below us. It was either on or off. And when it was yeah. on, it would be like 98 degrees in the house. And that's not exaggerating. Yeah, it was it was bad. Um, like we would turn it on and then turn it off immediately. I um, spent about a month before it got fixed setting my alarm for like 2 or 3 a.m., <laughs> So everybody would be asleep by around everybody would be asleep by around midnight. We'd let the we'd let the furnace run for about two hours, which would get the house scorching hot. And then I would wake up and turn the little switch off to turn the furnace off. I don't remember that. I, I do just remember how awful it was. And then we had to then we got it fixed, but it was like set to like sixty degrees or something like that. Yeah. Like it was it was fine, but you had to you had to wear you had to wear layers yeah which is awesome for sleeping if you've got extra blankets and everything i mean all day long i'll take cold air and warm blankets but man that was brutal that house was a wild ride Yeah, we, we might talk more about that, but let's talk about some Patriots news. Oh man, so so much has happened since we uh, since we last spoke, and yet so little. Um, so let me see. I think the last time we talked, they beat the Chargers handily by a lot, and then got smashed up by the Rams, and that was kind of like the end of our season. That was definitively the end of the season. Got embarrassed by the Buffalo Bills, and then won against the Jets which it's the Jets. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, it still felt like a little bit of a high note because it was definitely, you know, that's been the inter, like, I think this is as good a place as any where we can kind of talk about our feelings about the season as a whole. Yeah. Like the biggest, the absolute biggest issue overall, and this goes for everybody on the team, was just inconsistency, I think. When When they looked good, when they were putting things together, when they had plays like in their back pocket, 
and they got a little bit of momentum. This team looked good, mm-hmm. but you know, all of the issues that we had going into the season were the same issues we had at the end of the season. Tom Brady was right to leave us. We had no weapons. <laughs> exactly. But that's there... also the, in the same breath, like in the exact same breath as that, Tom Brady was right to leave because he had nothing around him. And you look at, you looked at, you know, the cap situation at the beginning of the season and everything. The, it, it, this wasn't going to go well, no matter who was under center. We would have looked the exact same way with Tom Brady as we did under Cam Newton. Yeah. And Cam, good quarterback. I still think, got to give him, I think we should give him another shot next year. That's just me. He just needs... I think if he's willing to play ball financially... He needs people around him, though. And we have, what, $90 million in cap space this Something year? Something ridiculous like that. So I think if we're gonna if we're gonna predict some of these things, I'm thinking the draft isn't gonna go the way that anybody, especially the people in the media, want it to go. I don't think we're gonna make big splashes. We never make big splashes. I mean, I think, yeah. I think free agency and trades are going to... Like, if this team is gonna be saved, it's going to be saved there. I mean, it was a disappointing year, but what else were we expecting from this season? And I'm just looking forward to next year. And we'll talk about Tom Brady in a little bit, like going to the Super Bowl. But, you know, good luck to him. I'll be rooting for him. But I mean, I'm 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 excited for that Super Bowl, to be honest. I mean, yeah, (laughs) and we'll get into it. But I think as far as the Patriots are concerned, I think one of the biggest things it's funny. how It's funny how quickly every everybody turned and then came back and then turned and like that's that's sports fandoms that's i mean it's yeah. one of the interesting conversations of the few conversations i've had with people lately um sports being a fan of sports is very similar to being a fan of like musicians and bands you know one one misstep with an album and everybody goes like oh this band sucks now this band is terrible they're never gonna write a good song again it was the same thing with the patriots this year yeah. You know, everybody everybody going into this season was looking at the roster and looking at the money and everything else and watching Tom Brady leave and everybody was like, oh, this is going to be an ugly year. And then everybody thought that Cam Newton was going to be the absolute savior and he was never going to be that. He could have been better. Yes, I think he would have been better without a COVID diagnosis. And now being on the other side of my own COVID diagnosis, I can tell you that happened almost two months ago now. And I still have days where I'm in an absolute fog mentally. I cannot mm. imagine trying to control an NFL offense feeling right. the way I do some days. I mean, I think I think the most disappointing person on the Patriots team this year wasn't a player. It was Josh McDaniels. And I think his, he did a terrible mismanagement of everything. Yep. I think I think play calling top to bottom throughout the entire year was horrific. Those little those little screen passes that we would do on every Every third down and I'm not like anybody that's listened to the podcast for more than an episode knows that I am not <laughs> I am by no means an expert on any of this kind of stuff but like I I can if I if I'm sitting watching a stream of a football game and going oh we're gonna run this play on third down again if I know it's coming then you can be damn sure that the opposing defense knows it's coming and that's not that's not a way to win football games you have to be more invested 
inventive than that. And the Patriots have a history of being more inventive than that. And now we're at the point where, you know, it does make you miss Brady. It makes you miss the ability, like his ability to be an offensive coordinator right there on the field is why he's considered the greatest of all time. Like he just, he plays the game differently and he orchestrates the game differently. It's not really about physical talent. Although to be fair, dude's 43 and going to another Super Bowl with a team where he didn't get OTAs, he didn't get anything like that's that's huge yeah um i'm kind of surprised at patricia getting hired back um considering the fact that he really wasn't that good of a defensive coach with the patriots to be fair i think the patriots defense was better after he left yeah and he's not going to be in a coaching position and also like just from a sheer number standpoint it absolutely makes sense he was god awful with the lions who the hell else was going to hire him besides the people that actually like got some productivity out of him right he should be thanking his lucky stars he got that position but i think it also brings to the point that why would matthew stafford want to get traded to the patriots he's trying to do everything in his power to get away from matt patricia why would he want to go back to that well and that's an interesting point for uh the rumors that have been going around since the game yesterday um between tampa bay and green bay it really you really have to kind of raise your eyebrows a little bit when people start talking about aaron Rodgers to the patriots like i in all honesty and i'm a i'm a lifelong fan of the patriots i'm not you know i'm not going anywhere as a fan but if i were a professional quarterback right now i'd be sitting back and being like i would love to go anywhere besides new england new england just until if if they came into the season was like name if they said to a quarterback name the name the wide receiver that you want we can get him like there's some rumors that michael thomas from new, the new orleans saints um he sent out a couple cryptic tweets about drew Brees, and also the saints are in cap hell i believe they're like a hundred million dollars over the cap so they're primed to trade away some people because they can't keep them all i would love to see michael yeah. thomas come to the patriots and but that's not really of us but that's not really a rumor that's going around and i don't think any of us are privy nobody's really privy to a lot of the conversations that are happening uh over there in foxborough like that that would that could very well be part of the conversation with any of these potential trades and some of these rumors maybe they reach out to stafford or rogers or whoever and they go listen we have the money you know name your price and name you know name one other player that we can put together a package for and let's make a deal here that's that is an opportunity that we didn't have last season and that does give me hope that it's not like a full-on rebuild it could be you know we could be really kind of set up for a revenge tour next year but uh but man it's also it's also a really hard proposition to look at the kansas city chiefs at least for the next two years while they're still basically paying pennies for patrick mahomes like the afc is going to be real ugly for at least another couple years yeah and i mean buffalo is they don't look to be going away anytime soon they're they're a good team they're a good team and they're set up well financially too so like it's definitely going to be far more competitive we need better play calling and we need a quarterback who's mobile but can also you know really game manage so there's a lot of needs for us and yeah the afc isn't looking particularly um pretty going forward especially if we want to kind of keep the dynasty alive but the one thing that gives me hope while i sit here and fume over buffalo being so hot going into the game on sunday and then just completely flaming out 
the one thing that gives me hope is that like that absolute monster contract that Mahomes signed and the way that he plays, we've seen it two years in a row now where like the guy's not invulnerable. They are going to be, he's going to be a massive cap hit going forward for them. And he's shown that, you know, he can go down sometimes. So I'm not looking forward to another two years of talking about the Chiefs dynasty because I think in my heart of hearts, I know how this Super Bowl is going to go and I don't think it's going to go in the GOAT's favor, but there's going to be a window there at some point where the Patriots can kind of reclaim the glory and show everybody why it's, you know, the greatest football team of all time, not just the greatest quarterback of all time. True. And I mean, if I had to pick one quarterback for the Patriots to go after, both from the draft or from free agency or via trade, I'd want Deshaun Watson, but there is probably no chance that actually happens. That has seemed like a pipe dream. That has seemed like even more of a pipe dream than people talking about the Aaron Rodgers thing lately. Like I have rolled I have rolled my eyes a lot at the Deshaun Watson rumors when it comes to the Patriots. I mean, that's the one player I would I'd trade picks, I'd trade Stephon Gilmore. I would give away anything to get that quarterback that would be interesting and i wonder how much i wonder how much value that would actually have going forward again i don't have an i i don't have any kind of expertise with with these kind of things but that would be an interesting turn of events i think i think there would be a lot of people up in arms on both sides about something like that but trading gilmore and something to get to sean watson i'd be stoked like another just not like two first round picks but in the actual realm of reality, does that happen? I don't know. And I mean, there are talks with the Jets and also the Dolphins trying to go after him. And that scares the hell out of me. Having to face him twice a year for the next 10 years? Nope. Yeah, that's why I know I just said that there's a window for the Patriots to kind of reclaim things. But they're, the handful of windows for the Patriots to do that is the flip side of a coin where there's like 20 different ways that this could go even uglier than it was this season. <laughs> like there's all of a sudden, you know, more, more, more and more, especially over the course of the season, it's been becoming very apparent that like, you know, it's an easy argument. I don't think I don't think it's a true argument, but it's been an easy argument to make against the Patriots that it's just like, ah, they're, they're playing in the AFC North. The AFC as a whole, you know, it isn't always that strong. There's a reason why the Patriots were always able to kind of make it. Right. And now you look at the AFC as a whole and you're like, oh, no. It's it's going to be a tough, like, battle, especially... But again, there's also the, the, the one little light at the tunnel is just the, you know, it's why you do have to kind of, as an NFL fan, you do have to kind of pay attention to the salary cap and things like that because you look at, again, you look at the contract that Mahomes just signed and you go, Chiefs aren't going to be able to afford to put that many weapons and that many great defensive players and everything else around that kid for, you know, whatever it is. What did they sign him for? 10 years or something? 10 years, half a billion dollars. Yeah, you're, that's, that's not the way to sustain success. And the Patriots have proven that that's not the way to sustain success because, you know, our whole, the whole Patriot way, well, not the whole Patriot way, but the Patriot way as a total package fell apart 
when we got to the point where we were spending insane amounts of money to just try and keep putting weapons around and everything else. And then our pay- our, our our cornerstone, our quarterback finally left because he wanted his payday after taking pay cuts over and over and over and over again. That's why we had six. That's, I think, if you need to identify one particular reason, that's the reason why we had sustained success. Yeah. And I mean, so, also on the flip side of that is like Belichick knows how to get the most out of undervalued players um like there's there's a really good movie called moneyball and based off a true story with billy bean who was the gm of the oakland athletics he lost jason giambi and a couple other noteworthy players in baseball and they had to find other ways to compete for a world series now they didn't win a world series but one of the things that they were looking at was like on base percentage and other different analytical things bill belichick knows how to get the most out of those undervalued players that other teams just don't value i mean you look at throughout the years mike vrabel who was undervalued you had rodney harrison um you had recent ones like who's the one uh kyle van noy he's a great example of that cordell uh patterson all of them go into the patriots jacoby myers this season julian edelman for seasons on end uh wes welker that's a great example of somebody who was undervalued and then became a superstar if i'm gonna state the obvious tom freaking brady (laughs) yeah and it's about that talent evaluation and i mean bill belichick has had his duds in the draft but like he really thrives on those those free agents of all the narratives and i've and i've gotten mad a couple of times this season about how down people have been on cam newton when statistically speaking you look at him and is he his 2015 self no is he as bad as people like to make him out to be is he the problem with the patriots absolutely not as mad as i've been about all of that the most infuriated i've been listening to people talk about the patriots this season has been the giant narrative about oh well bill belichick can't draft it's like well yeah he's had duds and he hasn't had like a hot streak but look at the number just the sheer number of players that have played under him that everybody had either written off from day one or were considered dead in the water after having decent careers like i mean that's coaching Belichick's draft history lately has not been good and I'm going to just I think especially the early rounds like and maybe they're just underutilized maybe they just aren't working hard enough like there's been problems with Nikhil Harry there's been problems with Sony Michelle but Sony Michelle has also been injured a lot he hasn't been durable Nikhil, Nikhil Harry should have been uh he should have been kind of lambasted more than he was I think I think partly because he just wasn't making plays at all there wasn't all that much talk about him this season but man what a yeah that you want to talk about belichick having duds in the draft there's public enemy number one and i mean what kills me is he's six five and should be able to they're not utilizing him correctly that he should be you should be throwing him the jump balls trying to get him to catch it winning those one-on-one matchups with cornerbacks who are like five inches shorter than him which again is where it does kind of come down to josh mcdaniels what are you doing and it kind of reminds me of adam gase the former head coach of the new york jets and i know many people might not think this is a good comparison but i think i mean adam gase rode the coattails of peyton manning 
back in Denver for many years. He was claimed as this quarterback guru, this offensive, very well-minded offensive coach. I think Josh McDaniels has just been riding the coattails of Tom Brady, and he hasn't really proven himself to be a good coach without Tom Brady. And I mean, Tom Brady makes any good makes any coach look good. He's the goat. Well, and that's can- why I've hated I've hated so much of the conversation about the Brady Belichick divorce, especially in recent years. Um and since he's gone to Tampa Bay, like whenever Bruce Arians has been kind of a loud mouth about it, and I'm, uh, I'm not a great fan of that. But when Bruce Arians talks about Tom Brady and one of his most recent comments was like, oh, well, I, ju- I, I just let him coach. I let him coach and New England never let him do that. I hear that and I don't look at Belichick. I, again, look at McDaniels and go, yeah, every play when Brady was in a Patriots uniform seemed to have some sort of audible element and there was always switching happening at the behest of Brady and yeah yeah that's not an indictment of Bill Belichick as head coach or GM that's definitely an indictment of Josh McDaniels who has failed twice. He failed with the Rams, which to his credit, well, I'm not going to take put that against him because this was 2010, 2009 Rams when they were actually not 2009. I would say 2010 or 11 he came back in 2012, I think. To the Patriots. The Rams were just bad back then. They were not a good team. They had no sort of direction with Sam Bradford, who was the quarterback at that time, and they were just poorly run. The Broncos, however, he made that team and formed it and shaped it to what it once to what it was at one point, trading away pieces, getting them out of town, and he couldn't get the offense going at all. And then you see it again, and it it, it does kind of tie into that. Um, it kind of ties into that little clip that everybody played at the beginning of the season with Cam Newton sitting back and going, oh, you know, Coach McDaniels, you're getting a dog. Like, you're getting somebody who's hungry. And we've already covered, you know, the COVID thing and no preseason. No, you know, the, the deck was stacked against this team already. It was stacked against most teams. But I do really, at uh, now that the season is done and over with, I do kind of, I do still sit back and think about it and go every freaking third down was that stupid screen pass that everyone knew was coming and was covered every time there was the the play calling was not inventive it wasn't made for the skill set that cam has and you know in fairness to mcdaniels go ahead we saw inventive plays towards the end of the year like we had those end arounds and jacoby myers chucking it down the field a couple times those were great to see damian harris oh my god like damian Damian Jacoby Myers were bright spots. I think I don't want to get into the Edelman thing going into next season because I don't have a lot of hope. Um, but you know, for those first few games at the beginning of the season, I I don't fault Edelman for anything for playing through like the injuries that he already had and trying to make something work there. Like there's a guy that you could clearly see like the effort was there. So good on him, I guess, even if he wasn't all that productive. And no, does Cam have the arm strength? 
strength that he used to have. Not really, but also I think statistically his deep balls were actually better than a lot of the short passes that they constantly had him throwing. He's not a dinker and dunker. He never has been. That's not his game. So yeah, you just you look back at the season for the Patriots and you go, well, you know, we had a we had a great opportunity in Cam Newton. I would argue we still have somewhat of an opportunity in Cam Newton, depending on how the rest of the roster kind of plays out with free agency and trades and the draft and everything else. But we wasted it on really, really conservative play calling. Yeah, that just, it didn't, I mean, the thing that killed our team was we couldn't score in the first quarter. Like you could probably count on your hand how many times they actually were able to score in the first quarter. And even with, you know, first and second downs, we would get something that looked like, oh, maybe they'll, maybe they're starting to cook a little bit. Maybe they're starting to put something together and we're three and out because on third down, we run another fucking screen pass. Like it does, it, it it was not, it was not pretty at all. And the defense was still uh, not dominant, but the defense was still really good. I mean, you, you don't have to look further than the Seahawks game or the Kansas City game. Like our defense was still not top ranked, not dominant, but really good. Like that's not an issue. And that's that you can kind of credit to Bill Belichick being a defensive minded coach and everything else. But yeah, off the offensive side of the ball, weapons wise, nothing. Play calling wise, we can probably count on our hands the number of plays over the season that made us actually sit back and be like, oh man, like that was great. That was awesome. That was productive. Predictability doesn't do well in the NFL. At least we're not Jets fans. At least we're not Jets fans. We have that going for us. We're not Jets fans and we're Steelers fans. <laughs> oh man, what a what a beautiful fall from grace and what a great way for somebody for like another organization to feel the exact way that we felt last season where anybody with a head on their shoulders with like a cursory knowledge of football could have looked at the previous season Patriots and they were like weren't they like 9 and 0 or something and I think Yeah, something like that. And I think most of us were sitting back and being like, yeah, we're 9 and 0, but it has not been a pretty 9 and 0. Like this is not it's gonna not end a well. good nine no it's the same thing with the Steelers uh, they're 11 and 0 wow Big Ben what a what an impressive season they're putting in it's like did you watch any of those games they were you know I didn't watch any of those games but I knew you could I couldn't take them seriously because you look at the schedule who they were facing they were facing the worst division in football the NFC East it was never it was never gonna go their way they just signed uh Dwayne Haskins from the Redskins but that's gonna go over well oh how the mighty fall <sighs> which is probably as good a All place right. as any to get into uh we we know what the Super Bowl is gonna be yes after everything that has gone on and oh how Chiefs, funny it is Chiefs and Buccaneers how freaking funny is it that two years ago, Everybody that I talked to that was not a Patriots fan was talking about how boring it was to see Tom Brady in the Super Bowl again. They were bored. It was the same old thing. Sour apples. And now that he's in a different uniform, which by the way, I almost hate the Tampa Bay uniforms as much as I hate... (laughs) 
Kansas City and the Redskins, where they look like McDonald's workers. It's not the it's not the Arsler anymore. Washington football team. It's the Washington football team with their mascot, Teamy the Team Monster. For any of you that watch Gridiron Heights, I'm gonna. Well, I'm just gonna say this first. Um, now, obviously, we're biased Patriots fans. We love them and everything like that, and we love Tom Brady. But for anyone who's listening who's not a Patriots fan, I get it. It's boring, but I. I think you have to appreciate the greatness of Tom Brady and how you're never going to see this again in your life. You're witnessing the greatest football player of all time, 10 Super Bowls. Just appreciate what you're witnessing. This is like so cool to me. My dose of reality, and I don't disagree with you on that point. My dose of reality there is I do think that Tampa Bay is going to get rolled by Kansas City. I don't think this is an evenly matched game. I think I think that Kansas City is going to come in and just we've we have watched if what we have said as Patriots fans is true where after every Super Bowl people are complaining and we sit back and we go well coaching and schemes and the ability to the ability to adapt is that's our bread and butter that's why we continue to have this kind of success if you're going to hold other teams to the same standard you do have to kind of sit back and bow down to the Chiefs for two years in a row and almost three years in a row if it weren't for the combination of Brady and Belichick. Like, that's... there. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes is... I don't want to compare it to Brady and Belichick because, like I said, I agree. Once in a lifetime. Both, it's once both in a coaching, lifetime. You're... Both coaching and Tom Brady as the player himself, separate or together, you are never yeah. going to see proficiency like this in the NFL again. Period. It's like it's like how... Like, I, I wasn't around for Jordan but I imagine if I were like it's kind of like that you appreciate that kind of greatness you like you're never gonna see that again never gonna see the greatness of like Wayne Gretzky or Babe Ruth from back in those days like you're witnessing or Bobby something. Orr Bobby Orr well Bobby Orr only won two like like uh Stanley Cups but the though. reason I say the reason I say Bobby Orr and we talked about this on a previous podcast there is a he he was a singular player for the Boston Bruins one man who changed the NHL. He changed the defensive position on his own. Yeah, for sure. 18, 16 year old kid. He was real young when he actually started playing for the Bruins and completely changed how defensive how defensive players play in the NHL. That's like those kind of the point being those kind of once in a lifetime talents like you're watching them right now. Yeah, like and honestly, why I'm so excited for the Super Bowl is because if you look back on the history of the Super Bowls. I mean, you you look at Tom Brady being in the Super Bowl. This is probably the best quarterback Tom Brady has faced any Super Bowl that he has played in. This is why I mean, the, it, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, again, I hate the Kansas City Chiefs. I hate the entire thing, especially when you keep looking at. Uh, some might call us spoiled for being Patriots fans and having the rings that we have and having the experiences that we've had. But for I, sure. But I keep looking at Patrick Mahomes and going. 
morning, that's you're going to burn bright and fast, my guy. The way he plays the game, the way that that team's financial situation is set up, there's just, unless there's major negotiations, unless there's some real big breaks for that team, it's not sustainable. But... I mean, it's... Okay. Okay. But you have to give credit where credit is due. Like, the greatest of all time, as far as I'm concerned, and as far as I would argue the majority of football fans is concerned, the greatest of all time is Tom Brady, bar none. But Patrick Mahomes might be the greatest athlete to play in the NFL. I would say maybe ever at that point, at this point. Yeah. Like, no, like he is unbelievable. And again, the way he plays the game, I don't think is sustainable. The way that his team is set up, I don't think is sustainable. So time will tell. But as far we as just sheer athleticism goes, if, if Alex Guerrero starts working whatever fucking black magic he's worked on Tom Brady on Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes starts getting the years underneath him that Tom Brady has had, if Patrick Mahomes is playing the way that he's playing in 20 years, we might have to revisit the discussion about the greatest of all time. But that's way the hell far in the future. I mean, like, I look at the Kansas City Chiefs and first off, they're very well run. I mean, they're one of the best run football teams in the league. Maybe the best. Although as on, far as assembling the talent for their quarterback. On that note, as a real quick aside, did you watch the post-game celebrations for that game? I did. I watched that one, yeah. Were you a little bit turned off when um what's his name? The general manager of of the Kansas City Chiefs started talking about uh, he got into like a weird religious bent for like 10 seconds it was really short but he was talking about like and god has graced this beautiful team with the like we're watching football man <laughs> like this is this is like I, the I, most I, heartland shit i've ever witnessed i mean i don't really care about that um so just to put that aside <laughs> i mean the whole point of the whole point of football is you have to find new team like players to put around Patrick Mahomes or your quarterback will it be like Tom Brady with the Patriots and constantly competing or is it going to be like Drew Brees because for a while Drew Brees great team around him or he had a great offense around him no defense time will tell but right now I want to focus on right now and they have Travis Kelsey Tyree Kill and all those other weapons around him and it's going to be a fun game I will say I don't have a lot of confidence in either of these teams as far as tempers are concerned. Why do you say that? Mostly because of the Kansas City Buffalo game. I mean, I think that was more Buffalo. I think from what I was watching, a lot of that was Buffalo, and a lot of that is a lot of that is the Bills Mafia brand, and it's part of the reason why anybody that's been watching Buffalo for a while kind of sits back and laughs because that's, I mean, management all the way down to the fans. That is that is very on brand for them, I would argue. Yeah, but Kansas City took the bait a lot. And it's not like it's not like Tampa hasn't had their fair share of those kind of moments this season. And like there is nothing there's nothing I hate more watching professional sports than that kind of stuff. I would well, I make I think 
partly in hockey, it is so part of the history and the culture of that game where when fights break out, there is an excitement factor. There's like, there's a, that's kind of in hockey's DNA. And I'm not saying that's good. I'm not promoting that, but it like, that's the reality of the situation. That's part of that game. You used to have an enforcer on the team. Yeah. Sean Thornton. Exactly. Ruins. You like. Good example of that. You know, the, the, the boxing matches every couple of games are expected and welcomed by the fans but hockey is also hockey is also you know money wise definitely a lower a lower tier of professional sports and things like that the the just for whatever reason and feel free feel free to school me on this dan sure it it strikes me as almost a little bit petulant when football players start doing that. Like these guys are working for arguably the most popular sporting franchises in America. They're they're competing and emotions run high and I get all of that. But right. when yeah. I see some when I see some of that stuff, it really kind of has me sitting back and going like, "Man, I just eh. it it rubs me the I- wrong way a little." Well, I think Kansas City definitely they fought back in on it, but I think to give my take on especially that big fight between Buffalo and um Buffalo and Kansas City at that game. My take was that was that was Buffalo. They were pissed off that they were blowing it. They were blowing it. And honestly, like Josh Allen throwing the ball at I I don't know whose face mask he threw it at but like you don't do that dude yeah you don't do that that you're but i what i appreciate and i don't think this is going to happen at this game patrick mahomes is a real leader i was i was just going to make the exact same point him walking up and down the sidelines that kid is younger than me how fucked up is that in general but also him stalking those sidelines and being like you guys he was like hey 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 nope he said nope you're going back you're staying back and tom brady would have done the same thing yeah tom that's brady and, done and the same thing even just leaving uh, you know uh, comparison out the window like yeah tom brady probably right. would have done the same thing uh, uh, tom brady's an old man and he has children and he's like you know he's not he's not interested in that kind of thing he wants to play the game that's an established fact for a long time despite how heated he gets the that was it's part of the re- <laughs> it's part of the reason that was why one it's, of the most impressive things i've seen and like that really i was like taken aback by that i'm not surprised that he did that but like him just being like no 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 where you're going you're we're all staying here none of us are getting ejected because i think i don't know nfl rules per se about like leaving the sidelines during a fight on the field but at least as far as i know the nba rules for example um if there's a fight on the court and if you leave the bench doesn't matter you're suspended and that was yeah that that's one of those things where it's so i cannot bring myself i'm sure in the nfl it's like the same sort of like rule if you leave the sidelines when there's a fight on the field instant ejection suspension like you're not playing the super bowl and like that's not worth it no definitely not but it is it's one of the it's one of the hardest things about like I don't like Kansas City. I don't like the meteoric rise. I've got 
you know, it's uh, Kansas City strikes me the same way that the Titans kind of hit me, where there's something about them that I just don't like. I don't want to see them succeed. As a sports fan, I have zero interest in that team, really. I am rooting for Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl, not only because Tom Brady has brought me arguably two, if not three, of the happiest moments of my life. Like, I, lo- I love Tom Brady. <laughs> But I understand the reality that I think Kansas City is overall the better football team, but I just don't like them. That being said, that moment, I totally agree, was huge. That was such a great, like, just humanizing kind of moment when you're watching these players that are making millions of dollars and everything else. And for this guy to have the wherewithal in the heat of the moment and the way that he reacted, and it wasn't, it wasn't violent. It wasn't angry. It was just like like a guard dog, just stalking those sidelines and looking at everybody and pointing at them and being like, "Stay, just don't." It's it's bad enough as it is. Just stay. Especially when you like Kansas City does have some personalities on it. Like for example, um, Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill has had a history of doing some pretty questionable things on the field. Um, he is one person I don't root for for Kansas City because he's beaten his wife and his child. So yeah, kind of not the best person in the world. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, he'll be taken out by CTE later on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, sad, but true that, oh man. Yeah. I even feel bad laughing about it on record, but uh, yeah. <sighs> Being an NFL fan is hard sometimes, but yeah, that uh, getting back to the point, that was a that was just a such a great sports moment of watching like actual leadership I, in action. My take on Patrick Mahomes is I don't hate him. I mean, I think again the same way that I feel about Brady, you just have to appreciate the greatness, and yeah, you have to respect for, the hell out of that kid. I mean, like I hated Pey- I hated Peyton Manning growing up, but now looking back on it. Like, I loved watching him. He was a great player to see and root against, and I appreciate his greatness. Which I'm sure is how most of America... Well, most of America used to feel that way about Tom Brady because it was all with one team, and now all of a sudden it's a Cinderella story because Brady's playing for a different team. And now the national media, local people, my friends on social media and stuff, now everybody's like, oh my God, it's undeniable. Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. He's, you know, his first year with a new team with no preseason, no anything else, and he's going to the Super Bowl. And now all of a sudden everybody's singing his praises, and it's really funny as a Patriots fan to sit back and be like, oh, now you're interested in him being in the Super Bowl for the 10th time. Now it's okay with you, you jackasses. Uh, I mean, this is probably the best weapons that have been around Brady his entire career. Oh, and and we've talked about that on the podcast too. Just uh, like as sad as it is to see him playing in a non-Patriots uniform, as much as it bites to have the season that the Patriots have had and then watch Tom Brady have the season that he's had with a new team, as much as that bites in like in actual reality, it makes all of the sense. He saw the right on the wall with the Patriots. He saw the cap situation. He saw the coaching situation. He saw what they actually had as assets and went... 
if I'm if I'm gonna play until I'm 45, this ain't it, guys. And moved on and went to the place where he would have the most potential to have the most talent around him to elevate him in a way that the Patriots weren't going to be able to do for at least the next two to three years. Like as a business decision, he could not have made a better decision. That's welcome to reality, folks. <laughs> Like, the Bucks can't keep everyone, though. Well, and there, there's the. I'm, I'm hoping for Chris Godwin. There's, there is the silver lining in a Super Bowl matchup that I didn't actually want this year. Watching, I wanted this. I wanted this. This is the Super Bowl matchup I've dreamt about. You know, I for years I wanted Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Didn't get that. I wanted Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. That's not going to happen. This is awesome. I really, really would have loved to see Green Bay versus the Bills. That was the one that I would have loved because the more that I learn about the game and the more that I come to appreciate the chess match of the game, I think that would have been the most interesting. So that's what I was truly rooting for. But as a fan of narratives... And I told you about this in text messages a couple of days ago. I'm not mad. This is... This is a good narrative. This is a great narrative. This is a great matchup. It will be fun to watch. I've already said we're not in the prediction business here on the Packy Run, but if I had to make a prediction, I would bet hard, hard money on Kansas City winning back-to-back. I think we're going to do predictions next week. We'll probably have to, but I don't think my position is going to change. But yeah, I think... I think this is I think this is going to be a more interesting Super Bowl than we've had in a couple of years. Um you have the the old goat and you have the baby goat. I struggle to call him the baby goat until we give him another couple of years cuz I'm still it's shitty to say I'm hoping, so I'm not going to say I'm hoping. <laughs> Don't but <laughs> Again, I think the brightest flames do tend to burn the shortest. And I but don't why think why do you say that though? Because it's a physical game. And we've watched he has rallied greatly, mostly because the kid is twenty-five years old. Patrick Mahomes is younger than I am. I don't think that Patrick Mahomes is going to have a career. Again, I'm we're not in the prediction business, but if I had to make a prediction, I don't think that Patrick Mahomes is going to come even even close to the longevity and the total greatness that Tom Brady has had. I think that I think that his body is going to start wearing out part uh, mostly because of the way he plays the game. I think he is going to wear out a lot quicker and I think that he is going to But he can adjust though. He he can I mean, adjust. Like, I, I again, I'm not in the prediction business. I could be completely wrong here. I'm just saying I hope you're wrong. Just based on the facts that are available, I keep looking at this guy and going what you're doing and the way that your team is paying neither of those things are sustainable they're like personnel issues or physical issues are going to hit that team and that quarterback faster than i think anybody wants to admit and i th- i think in the long run just as just as a person that has especially with quarantining and everything else i've watched more football than i ever ever have this past year right i i don't disagree i do kind of hope i'm wrong it will be interesting it would be really i think it would bite as a patriots lifer but it would be interesting to watch 
that kind of greatness be sustained and to see somebody come right on the heels of Brady and just kind of take them out from under him and to watch Patrick Mahomes really kind of become everything. Again, like I said earlier in the podcast, if Alex Guerrero gets his hands on this kid and works his black magic and, you know, starts applying the TB12 method. avocado ice cream every day and everything. Yeah, if, if that starts happening, I mean, we might be watching Patrick Mahomes for the long haul. But unless that happens, I've got a hard time looking at all of the factors that I can see with my own eyes and going, mm, yep, we get another we get another three, four, five years of oh my god, jaw dropping moments, and then the uh, and then he just takes a big old leap off of a big old cliff. Maybe again, yeah, you don't know. Every person is different. Every narrative is different. It's it could all be different. I could be completely wrong. I'm not wishing ill on anybody. I'm just saying right. that's a very physical game, and we have we have watched over and over and over again across the league the brightest stars just tend to burn the shortest that's that's the reality of the situation this could be this could be over sooner than i think anybody wants to admit but then we watch tom brady just we, maintain 20 years of abject excellence and you kind of sit back and go well if the kid plays his cards right maybe mahomes is playing for the super bowl every year for the next 10 years who the hell knows i think he is and i don't he's that good well, Andy Reid better uh, ease up on that Kansas City barbecue then because <laughs> he's going to need a coach that lasts longer than the next two years before he drops dead of a heart attack. Again, not wishing ill. I'm not. I, I do not mean. <laughs> I think I think Andy Reid is adorable. I love him as this big walrus on the side on the sidelines. I love it. But come on. <laughs> I mean, I think the key matchup in the upcoming Super Bowl is going to be how they defend Tyreek Hill because they the last time they played each other this year did not go over very well. I think Tyreek Hill almost had like 300 yards receiving at one point. I, I, I do think it's going to be a chess match. I think it's going to be just like a lot of other Super Bowls. I think in that respect... Tampa Bay could really provide some surprises because I I I do really think that the the dominance of Brady as a course setter as a second offensive coordinator like that that can't be understated. Tampa Bay stands an absolute chance and I think it's still going to be it's two of the greatest offenses in the league and it's two fairly dominant defenses. I think a lot of it is going to come down to coaching. And with Tom Brady on the field, I'm not. Uh, I'm never going to count the goat out. But I think no. the reality of the situation is, as far as pure physical ability and talent goes, advantage Kansas City all day. I guess we'll go more in depth with that analysis next week. We're going to have to. <laughs> we'll keep the ball it's all rolling. It's going to be talked about. Yeah, exactly. We'll have to. Uh, we'll have to find an album. Because I think that's going to be, uh, we're going to get, I think, I think we're going to get back into the format that we were in. We'll try and do a track by track on an album next week as well. Get back into, uh, kind of the format that we were in because that felt really good. We've been, uh, we've been absent for a while. So we'll have to talk about that and figure out what the, uh, what, what 2021 Packy Run podcast looks and feels like. Cause <laughs> life, <laughs> like I said at the top of the episode, feels like we've lived a year in the past two months. That's, that's so true. <laughs>
And my back, my back feels it too. Good God. Dude, you're old. I'm 25 years old and I'm in physical pain more days than I really want to admit. Dude, you sit at a desk every day. I know, but I've been like, COVID took its toll, bro. I <laughs> I haven't felt well. So I've been slouching and I've been spending a lot of time sitting at a desk and being in my bed. And I've been trying to like get up and get some cardio in and do some push-ups and stuff like that. But I am, uh, my, <laughs> my quarter life crisis is upon me. <laughs> True. All right. Want to get into some recommendations? Good God. What what is there to recommend? I'm going to let you take the reins here. Okay. Well, for Christmas, I got a fantastic thing called Tushy, and it's a bidet, and it's $70, and it is fantastic. Uh, no complaints. Kid goes to Japan once. What? You what? have been... You have been on this bidet thing since our junior year of college. And honestly, it's the best thing about my bathroom right now. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Can't recommend it enough. I've been a uh I've been a wet wipes guy for a while, but I've started seeing <laughs> this is this is unhinged. <laughs> this is a really crappy topic. God damn it. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, I hate that pun so much. That joke hit me so much harder than it ever should have. Wet wipes, boy. Yeah, I've I've seen Tushy. Um... <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! You keep thinking about it, dude. I just can't handle the fact that it's called Tushy. <laughs> um, and also, if you're looking for it, do not go to Tushy.com because it's something else. Of course it is. So go to HelloTushy.com for it. Don't go to Tushy.com. So I've seen the ad for this bidet and it has had me thinking a couple of times. So, you know, you might have a point there. I mean, you save so much money on toilet paper. Oh, God. All right, I'm done. I'm done recommending this. (laughs) So I'm going back to old standbys for my recommendation this week. Um, The Menzingers have launched a... (laughs) The Menzingers. Hold for applause. The Menzingers have launched a Patreon um as many bands have done in the wake of quarantine and not being able to tour and everything else a lot of these uh a lot of these patreons have really had me sitting back they've had me sitting back and thinking you know is this worth you know five ten twenty five dollars a month um i just haven't found one that has like the perks for the money that has really made me jump out of my seat but they recently launched their patreon and one of the perks comes with um multiple times a month they will do a podcast where they really Mm -hmm. kind of break down in like a song exploder style their different songs and um They've got some cool behind-the-scenes videos, acoustic tracks, uh, demos and B-sides and stuff that you can get for, I think it's like $10 a month or whatever. Um, so I signed up for that tier. It's like the middle tier of their Patreon. And I've listened to a couple of podcasts. I've listened to a couple of the demos and B-sides that they've put up on the Patreon. And I'm really impressed. I love that band. They're really good. We've talked about them before. I love the band anyway, so definitely a biased take. But the Song Exploder podcast is worth the price of admission just being able to listen to them talk about how they actually put the things together and what the thought process was, a little bit of the technical
technical side of things, like if you're a music fan, those guys are just fun to listen to. And it gives you a really cool kind of insight into what goes into making arguably some of the best punk songs of this generation. So for sure, definitely, definitely worth the subscription. Well, that's all for this week, folks. We'll be back to your regularly scheduled programming. We'll work out our uh, our scheduling things and continue to do this because we love doing this. And yeah, we'll see you all next week. Take it easy. Follow us on at Packy Run on Instagram and Twitter. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Underpants. <laughs>